Happy Monday, happy Monday, everybody, man. Wake up, turn your clocks up, man. Turn your volumes up, man. We back with another episode of Protect the Shell. Man, today, man, we had a special guest, man. I always love having former players and, and former great players at that, man, to join the show. Today, we have Nolan Curl, man, a guy that played on a high-level play for the Terps, man. A, a, a key efficient player for the Terps, man. A guy that went on to get drafted by the Dolphins, played for the Cowboys, Eagles, man. Had a great career, and now he's coaching. Man, I can't wait to dive into that, man, to see exactly how football translated over to coaching right after this. It was great. Got better and basically being faster, stronger, powerful, and being more explosive. And now I'm out here competing and having fun. Running behind that fight offensive line, Derwin Graves did a great job tonight. With all the guys I played with, that was a fun experience being a part of, so I had fun with it. It's definitely been fun, man, so I appreciate all the coach staff and what they've done for me. Maryland's been a great school for me. Nolan, what's up, dog? What's going on, man? I like that intro, man. Man, I had to keep the Maryland pride going, man. Uh, I had to, I told Locks and them boys, the KG and all those guys, man. I was like, man, I feel a little uh, offended, man, that, that my face wasn't on the uh, offensive line room inside the new the new building. But they got that pretty nice building they got going on. I don't know if you had the opportunity to go see it yet. Have you saw it yet? Oh, yeah, I've been in there. I've been in there uh, this past uh, offseason. I was in there with Coach Baker, you know, just being around the DBs and yeah. just to see the facility, man. Just And you know how it is, us being in Gossett, how Gossett yeah. was. And from Gossett to now, the shell, it's just. Man, it's crazy, bro. It's like a whole 360, man. It's like, bro, that's a whole different program, it looked like, man. And uh, I was like, man, I was looking at this, the training facility, man, when they're going in, uh, the, the different pools they got, man, the training, stuff, all the tables they got, man. I was like, man. Bro, like y'all got the whole deal here now, man. It's crazy. But you man. gotta remember, we shoot, and, and I just think about it this way: we paved the way for that to happen. You know, hundred percent. And they, they never forget that. You know, Coach Locks is always telling us to come back. You know, just talking with KG. KG is always appreciative of guys coming back and yeah, and sharing our stories and supporting the guys that are playing right now because they're the ones that's creating that path for the other guys after and and showing them. Showing them what it could look like, you know, for them and their future and, and us just having the success that we have had at Maryland and then continuing on and, and doing great things now. I think that's that's what's important about going to Maryland. It man, is. for sure, dog. And, and that's crazy, man. I had the opportunity to go back this week to go watch them play Penn State. You know what I mean? That, that, that's a personal one. So I always make sure I got to get back to that one, man. Uh, see, I don't know if you really had the opportunity to play against Penn State because you was in the ACC. So I only got one year in the ACC. But uh, for the most part, man, that Penn State rivalry is something different, man. You, I mean, you know James Franklin was at Maryland at one point. So he loved, he loved to try to embarrass us, man. And uh, that's his thing, man, every year. I, mean, I don't remember. I only beat him one time in my year, like in 2013, 2014, only beat him one year. But uh, those guys used to always put a whooping on us, man. I, I love to see this year, man, they change those things around. But uh, – it's crazy, man. The things they got now going on for them, man, and uh, just the whole transition from Gossett to to this, and and from there to the field now, how much success they've given. And um, we knew Locks, man, was a great coach. You know, Locks, he not to recruit them DMV guys and the Florida guys, such as so, man. He love all he love all the guys, man. He know how to recruit the best guys, and uh, that's why they winning the way they are, man. Uh, they took tough losses yesterday and the two the two other previous weeks before that, but uh. It's still a great team so far, man. And uh, but we're gonna dive into early, early part of your career, dog. Cause it's funny, bro. Like, cause um, 
before I even knew I was going to Maryland, bro, like Florida was my team. I was going to the Gators, man, and uh, lots of recruiting and recruiting and recruiting, bro. And I was like, ah, man, I'm trying to go play for the Gators, bro. Like, I'm trying to be with Urban Meyer and them guys, man. Them guys getting it done. And um, just going up to watch y'all boys play, man, as a high schooler, man, seeing all the guys I had, like Keon Lattimore, EJ, you know what I'm saying? And I'm a young guy in high school, you know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm like a ninth grader, tenth grader watching y'all boys out there at spring game when y'all used to do the uh, – this how long ago this was, bro. When y'all used to do like the little sign the autographs thing yeah. upstairs, y'all used to walk up with y'all the jerseys on, man. And uh, I remember getting an autograph from Keon Lattimore, and they was like, "Man, that that's Ray Lewis' brother." And I'm like, "Man, what for real?" And yeah. I'm just thinking, like, "Man, dog, I'm looking at yo, looking at Hey Bay. Uh, what's my guy that's from DC with the Anacostia? Um, Imani Lee Oda. Imani, Imani yeah. yeah, those guys. <laughs> like, I'm talking about like as a young kid. I remember all that, man. Uh, and the guy said, man, you need to go to Maryland, man. You can be at that same impact like they had on you. And I remember seeing you guys, Terrell Skinner, man. I remember that whole 2016, man. It was like every year I came to that spring game and got me that poster, bro. Like, really, I got that poster, man. And uh, so it meant a lot for me to say, man, man, effort, everything else. I'm staying home and play football, play ball here. Forget all these scholarships. So, how, how, man, how was your experience at Maryland, bro? Yeah, my experience, I, I loved it. You know, I had Coach Friesian, and the, the one thing that Coach Friesian did for us was every single day was challenge us. But he made the promise to make sure that we got our education. That was right. the thing. And, you know, hindsight, when you're a teenager coming into Maryland, the only thing you think about is football. Like, you ain't thinking right. about, you know, I'm trying to get my bachelor's degree and then think yeah. about it after. Like, no, it's not that. You're thinking about going to the NFL. You know, you're thinking about continuing your athletic career. and you know, at the time, he was always just on me. And I could never understand why he was just always on me to do everything perfect. Like, that yeah. was his mindset. We got to make sure we strive for perfection. And, you know, at, at first, my first couple of years was kind of rough, man. I Just trying to adjust, being from Jacksonville, Florida, and then, you know, being in a new city in Maryland. Yeah, there you go, from Jack Jacksonville. <laughs> and just being in Maryland and, and trying to adjust to – people, the atmosphere, it was a shock to me. And and I just remember after my sophomore years, really when it clicked for me. And it was really because Coach Friesian, he, he challenged me. He said, look, man, I, I promised your parents that you were going to graduate. I promised your parents that you were going to get your degree. But then also, too, I have to push you as an athlete on the field. I want to push you to become a leader. And there's a lot of heart-to-hearts that we had, him and I, and, and I'm very appreciative because – that's what made me the person I am today. There was a lot of things that I didn't realize that was inside myself that he brought out of me that I was able to show to the team and be able to lead guys. I, I never thought that I could be that leader until I left Maryland. That's when I really knew. And that's ultimately what got me, pretty much got me drafted in the NFL because I was able to have those leadership qualities my last couple of years at Maryland and then eventually just continued to grow uh, as I got into the NFL. So. My, my time in Maryland, I loved it. I, I'm very appreciative of it. Of it. You know, it's, people think that I'm actually from Maryland. That's how that's how much I appreciate the, the state of Maryland. And it's just the fan base of, of yeah. interpretation. And, you know, I, I, I love it. And I wish hopefully one day my son, when it's old enough, my son yeah. can go to Maryland and go to Maryland and just understand what it means to be a Terp and understand the history behind it. And so many great wow. players from before me that, you know, helped me and grew me and, and, and made me who I am. So, like I said, I'm definitely appreciative and, and I like my – I love my experience. I always yeah. reference it with my guys here where I'm coaching. I, I tell them about how it was to go to Maryland and, 
and be coached by Coach Freeze, one of the best coaches, you know, in, in college yeah. football history because he went to the Hall of Fame. And Man, I you know, wish I'd had that error, man. I wish I'd have got Freeze, man. Uh, yeah. It's crazy, man. I got a little bit of piece of Freeze by Tom Bratton, man. Tom Bratton was there. And uh, when I saw him when I got there, man, he had just left, man. I was just like, bro, I came here because of you, bro. Like, you made me feel like this is the spot for me to play tackle and guard at, man. You know what I mean? And, uh, he ended up leaving, man. And then, then Randy Asu Ur came in, and I mean, Asu came in and took over. But, man, like, who was some of the guys, man? Yeah, because y'all was loaded, bro. Y'all had a lot of guys that played on the next level on that 2016, man. And, um, of course, you know what I mean? First year you redshirted, but the second you came back and played, man, who was some of, like, the guys that, you, that that took you under the wing, man, some of the older guys that you, you know what I'm saying, looked up to as a mentor to help you try to find that way, you know what I mean, as a college athlete, not being a high schooler no more? Yeah, it, it was kind of interesting because at the time, we had guys coming back. Madhu Williams would come back, and I would talk to him about you know, how is it like to be in the NFL, what's the mentality. Josh Wilson, I got I got a chance to play with Josh Wilson. Josh played for, I think, 12 years in the NFL. Just talking to him, getting that experience. Vernon Davis was a guy that talked to me my first year, and I got to Maryland. Just Man, he, he was always just supportive of me and, and trying to get me to just continue to work harder. Sean Merriman was another guy when I first got on campus. Sean just got drafted and, you know, he's he's like, yo, you want to get a ride? Let me take you let me take you back to your dorm. And he's, he's talking to me about, hey, this is what you need to do. You know, so it was guys like that that went on to the NFL and as much success as they accumulated, they still came back and were humble enough to teach me what yeah. I needed to do. And there's a lot of conversations in those locker rooms that helped me become who I needed to become. And you know, I can't just say it's just one person because there's just guys throughout you know, my time at Maryland that were doing doing what I had already done or, yeah, doing what I already done and then gone to new heights and coming back and just giving me that knowledge. Every little tidbit, I just I soaked it up like a sponge and was able to use that in my own life and then pass it down to other guys. So it's just, man, I, I could honestly, if I go from 2006 to 2009, I can name probably over 100, 200 guys that I know mm. from conversations I've had that have just helped me get to where I am today. Yeah, it's crazy, man, because I actually just sat down and talked to uh, Phil. He played O-line with you guys. Awesome. Yeah, 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 man. I just talked to him yesterday in Tampa because I live in Jacksonville, too. So, you know what I mean? I live down here with you. Huh? We're in Jacksonville. Uh, West side right here by, like, the private airport. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. I'm right here. Yep, I'm right on the west side. Yep. So uh, I, uh, I stayed here at 21, man. When I played with the Jags, and then I, when I was done playing, man, I came back. I came back and said, man, I'm, I'm gonna settle down in Jacksonville, man. I loved it, man. The first time around, I stayed in Bartram Springs, St. Johns County. It okay. was cool, man. Then uh, this time around, I was trying to get back there, man. Things look tough over there. Couldn't get nothing, so I found this one over here in the west side, man. So when I saw you coach in Jacksonville, I was like, oh, that, that's interesting, bro, bro. Right down here coaching. So uh, that's dope, man. But uh. Man, you talked about all the key leaders, man, from 2006, 2009. You say you could talk about so many people, bro, like, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, so many impactful people that not only just played ball in Maryland, like, regular, like even professors, man. Some guys that was my professors, man, I still talk to today, man. They're cool peoples, man. They've been guys like the English uh, major type of guys. Those guys always seem to be like uh, – how can I put this, like – uh, one of those guys always want to get to you mentally to try to get your mind right. You know what I mean? They hit you the random text, man. Hey, how's your mind? I'd be like, yeah. what do you mean? My mind is good. You know what I mean? So, uh, but man, they just always try to stay in the loop, man, and make sure that the guys that they build good relationships over the time, man, as students, man, they still be, I'm saying, continue to grow, even yeah. when they feel like they're adults. And uh, you talked about Ralph Friedgen, man. Ralph Friedgen pushing you. 
I would say, man, what type of coach was Ralph Friedman, man? Like, you know what I mean? I didn't get the experience. I hear so much great stuff about him, man. But I want to know, man, exactly, like, everything about him, man. He was – I think people, if people were on the outside looking in, they would say he's just an intense guy that always yells all the time, man. And that's not what he is. Like, Coach Friedman is somebody that he truly cares about every single one of his players. And his, his wife – jokes about it a lot. He says, I have two daughters, but I got a hundred sons. And it's just yeah. really how he embraces every single guy from the five star to the walk on. Like he, he knows who you are. He knows where you come from. He knows your family. He knows if you're late to class, he knows your major, like he knows everything about you. And the thing that I really appreciate about coach region, like I said, was the fact that he always was looking to push us and it's no coincidence, and I was I was talking about it last week. I think we're the only team in Maryland history or NCAA history to beat three top ten teams in one season, and this was 2008. We beat Cal, we beat Rutgers, and we beat Boston College all in the same season, and I don't think that gets enough credit, but it comes down to him and his mentality of us always fighting to the end. I, I think from my times at Maryland, that's that was our mentality. We were always the underdog. It didn't matter if we were even, yeah. you know, we had eight game, eight winning, eight games winning in a season. If we were going to the bowl game, it would be well. Maryland might lose. Like yeah. that was the mentality we took on as well. Like we're the underdogs, and that's just how he he portrayed it to us. Like every thing that you do, people are always going to underestimate you. People are always going to undervalue you, and people are always going to disrespect you. Yeah. You have to earn that respect. You have to go out and fight for it every single day because nobody's going to give it to you. And I like that about him because that mentality was always consistent. It was all yeah. the time. And now I just remember when we had different challenges, my mindset was always to prove him wrong, which probably wasn't the best thing for me at the time because it's more about what you can do for yourself. But he was able to help me realize that I can go further. I can go deeper within myself to be a better player for for my team. And, you know, when he named me, named Phil Costa, uh, uh, Adrian Moten, Chris Turner, when he named us captains, and I remember just having to sit in the room, he's just like, look, you guys, you show me that you can do it. You show me when, when I push you, you push back. And that's what he liked about us. And that was the first time out of all my years being there for five years and finally hearing that from him, yeah. that's what all made sense to me. And, and I was hoping that the other guys that are coming up after Coach Friedman and the guys that were before me, I'm thinking now this is what he's been trying to teach his whole time is understanding yeah. adversity, embracing adversity, and then being the best for yourself and others around you. And, and it was just – I loved it, man. I, I really I, – I didn't care. You know, he he used to cuss me out a lot. I, I'm not going to lie to you. and <laughs> But it, it never bothered me. That, that's the thing because I understood where it was coming from. Yeah. Like, never to put me down it was never to embarrass me it was just to i see your potential you need to see it too and you need to realize it because i'm trying to get you somewhere and i and the minute you realize that you're going to be so much better as a person and as a player so just just like i said that that whole experience with him i i loved it like if if we could have a coach like that again which i think that's how coach locks is yeah it's almost a spitting image of, of the same mentality uh, as Coach Friedman. So, I, like I said, I had a lot of fun in Maryland, mainly because of Coach Friedman.
Yeah, and and and, and I could tell, man, because a lot of people that play under Fridge and man always had that same kind of how you say view on him. You know what I mean? Yes, he was tough, but he he just wanted the best out of his players. And man, you want that as a coach, man. If you're a coach, you want the things to be tough. You want us to put us through adverse moments to help us grow and continue to fight further than we think we can go. And um, something you talked about was beating those top three teams, man, that year. And um, I don't think nobody in, in Maryland history or they said the NCAA, one of those, um, did that. And I remember, man, um, us going to the practice field, man, My like I think it's early on, like 2013, early on, and um, going to practice field, we had that graveyard. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. graveyard, and I was like, "Man, what's up with this weird little section right here? Like, what is up with all these tombstones?" With okay, we beat Boston College. Okay, we beat who? Florida State. Like, it was just stuff you see in the graveyard. Like, I'm not walking up there. I don't know who planted this, and I don't know how long a history this has. But I heard Friedrich planted that. Man, I wasn't walking on that, and I wasn't touching anything over there, man. But I already day I came out of the practice field between those gates, man. Before. I just hit those white lines. I always saw that from the corner of my eye, that mm-hmm. graveyard. And I locks, man, um, even though he wasn't the head coach at the time, as who was, but uh locks to always talk about the history of that graveyard. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He's like, my guy Friesen planted this, man. We got to go get a win against the top 10, whatever yeah. team it is, man, and, and get another tombstone over here. And we used to always try to fight to get one of them over there, get, get a tombstone over there. And it makes me think about now. How has that – where has they located that tombstone now? Like, do they still keep that there? Because I feel like that's a tra- tradition, man, they have to keep around, man, because that's pr- yeah. about pride, man. And um, I think locks should some kind of way find some type of graveyard to build for that little yeah. pretty little facility they got to, yeah. to, to remember the history, man, for some of the guys that don't know. And also for a pride thing about, man, who cares about where they rank that, man? We, we got the best players too, you know what I mean? And yes, I sir. think that graveyard, that's what, what I got from him. It's like, man – I want to build. I want to fill this whole graveyard up. I mean, we need to make another one. You know yeah. what I mean? And um, of course, we want to be able to do that, man. Our first year in the ACC, but um, it, it was tough, man. With Etsu, man, and uh, the coaches' changes we kept having, and then yeah, no. DJ, the DJ Durkin came, and then they tried to bring their ways and from Ohio State, wherever all the places they've been, and try to bring that that winning mentality that worked for those schools to us. And, and, it, it kind of hurt us, you know what I'm saying? Because we lost a life, of course, and yeah. things like that, man. So it, it, it was definitely a challenging time just trying to get a win, you know what I mean? And, uh, uh, yeah, man, so that – but that graveyard was something that caught my eye when you think about Ralph Free. So every time I think about the Ralph Free, I think about that graveyard that he he started. And, um, man, talk about, like, the chemistry between the guys, man, because I had a lot of talent on that team, a lot of guys that went on to be great, man, such as E.J. Henderson and Hey Bay and all those guys, man, that – uh. Because when I first got to Pittsburgh, when I was driving to Pittsburgh, man, the first thing they said, oh, you got another Maryland guy coming in here, man. Last oh. one we had was Hey Bay, you know what I mean? Uh, and Pouncey used to talk about um, uh, Ben and Pouncey used to tell me about how good Hey Bay was as a returner and things like that. But, man, he couldn't catch. I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm like, bro. He's like, bro, he'll run past the whole football field. I mean, he'll run out through the whole stadium. The ball be right there wide open and just drop it. I was yeah. like. That's terrible, bro. That's terrible. That's the first thing you tell me about my guy. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. I, mean, I had to defend him too. When I was when when I came into the league, I had to defend him. But uh, yeah, just kind of going back to it, just um, really knowing Darius and just the guys that we had in those, the locker room. It was really man. It was a close knit team. Like it was just it was one of those things. It's hard to put into words. Like we just all. I barely saw us have any fights. Like you, you know, you argue, you bicker like brothers, but 
no hatred towards any guy. There's, there was no ill will towards anybody. Like we all wanted to see each other win and right. always pushed each other. And, you know, when Darius got drafted, we were like, yeah, that's great. He deserves it. You know, you can say whatever you want about him. He can always say forever he's a top 10 pick. I, I don't care right. what you say. For sure. And, you know, guys like Aaron. Aaron was probably not probably. He was probably he was the truest leader that I have been around before I got to the NFL. Because just how he would always prepare, his energy every single day, how he just brought it. Like, if you didn't bring it, he was going to call you out. And that was the thing that we liked. And that, I love playing with him on defense. And we had a good defense that year. I think it was, yeah, it was 2000, I think it was 2007, 2008, I believe. Like, it was just dog fights. Like, we, we loved the dog fights. That was our mentality. Like you said, when we saw those graves, Anytime we would play like a Florida State or play a Clemson or mm. we're ready to play a Wake Forest or Boston College, we're like, let's bring it because this is what we want. You know, we we love the offense, but we don't care what the offense does. As long as they can score and we can get turnovers, hey, let's just do this thing. That was, yeah. that was the mentality we had. We just loved being in dogfights because we understood the mentality of being tough, the mental toughness. And, and even when things weren't going our way, we never pointed fingers. We never pointed fingers during the, the hottest of hot moments, the lowest of low moments. Like it was none of that. And I think that's what was special about my time and the teams that I played with was we just never argued. We never blamed the coaches. We, we, we took accountability for ourselves and made sure that we made it right because we knew at the end of the day, we're the ones that have to execute. It's yeah. not the coaches that have to execute. The coaches are going to do their job. Us as players, we need to do our job. And it's was- so funny that 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 conversation, that 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 statement you just said, just keeps circling around every week for me, man. About coaches to players and things like that, because uh, everybody know about Pittsburgh Steelers right now, that the things they're going through right now, and uh, uh, everybody would say, man, why do you defend Matt Canada all the time? I'm like, well, well, he was my OC at Maryland. He was my OC at Maryland, but it's it proven. He, I mean, it was proven that his offense works, man. If you just buy in, man, and understand the the the, the why, uh, why he does what he does, man. Why he has a jet sweep going this way and a run going to the right. Why? Because it confuses defenses, man, to the point it splits him in half. Like yeah. if all you do is execute your block, your one on one matchup, man, and let let the rest go where it goes. And um. And really, when you say that, man, it made me think of Matt Canada because everyone's bashing about his play calling, man. Why do you do this? Why do you do that? Why? Like, <clears throat> forget all that. Execute your plays. Like Najee Hurd stepped up and said, we have to win our one-on-one battles, man. We're not winning that. We're not executing. So it don't matter what anyone calls. We're not going to get it done. We don't block. And yeah. I mean, and that's exactly to what you said, man. Players have to execute the play that's being called. You know what I mean? And we talked about Locke's um, homecoming week. When they lost to Illinois, well, why did he run the ball on third and medium? Well, it's about looks, man. And uh, it was a great call, man. Look, the game just now, Northwestern, he ran the ball with Talia on a quarterback run on third and seven and got the first down. Yeah. And so it's like it's a it, it's all a rhyme and reason and coaching and schemes and things like that. But it's all about the players executing, man. And uh, that's something that just caught my attention. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that just grabbed me right there. Good. It's, it's the thing that I've come to learn in my years of playing football. There's a lot of people that got an opinion on football that never played a game before. 100%. And they continue to have this input like they know it so well. But my thing is, if you knew it so well, then you'd be the one playing. You'd be the one. But you don't want that responsibility because you don't want that pressure. Right. And there's a lot of people that don't mind being critics. And I remember Odell said this probably five, six years ago. 
He said they whisper my successes and they shout out my failures. And that's the truth. Like that's we we spend so much time focusing on the failures and shouting those out. Well, what about the wins? You know, what about the fact that Maryland hasn't started five and zero in probably what 15, 20 years? Two thousand one was the last time. Twenty some years, and the fact yeah. that Fox is able to do that, you know, that's something to hang your hat on. Now, obviously, the last three games haven't gone the way it needs to, but it comes down to execution. Like obviously, that five and zero start. You didn't change anything. You what you were doing, you were executing before, right? So right. these last three games, you just weren't executing. That's right. that's just what it comes down to. And the media's got to stop bashing the coaching staff so much and understand that the players got to step their game up. And you know, I just from knowing Coach Locks and having the conversations with him, he'll get it right. But at the end of the day, he's not a person that is going to put it all on his players. He's right. gonna understand that he needs to still push them, but they also have to understand too that he's not gonna change who he is. You guys just gotta execute. When you execute, you end up getting back on track. So just just for fans' sake, just understanding, don't listen to this media and, and people blaming one person for the whole right. thing. That's not what it is. The, the players gotta come out and and take accountability. And when they do that, you'll start to see them change because they got a, a, a little rough gauntlet coming up here in the next four games or teams that are all – It's tough. Yeah, it, really. It's going to be tough. Yeah. And it's funny that you bring up the game, man, because I definitely wanted to dive into that last game, man. Of course, I mean, they had a – they coming off a bye week, man. They coming off a – before the bye week, coming off a two-game losing streak, man. I mean, they, nobody expected that to come, especially the Ohio State one. Okay, we can we, we can do – we can deal with that one, man. It's a, tough, it's a tough team, man. They came down the last seconds and they, they made a play to win. But Illinois, man, is a game where, and I'm saying, it was a lot of miscues. A lot of people was hurt. It's a lot of excuses we can make. But Maryland was definitely the better team on paper. And it's never, and for me, I ain't really seen that in a long time where we've been a better team on paper. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And uh, Maryland being the better team on paper, I was like, oh, this is definitely a win. It's no way, man. It's no way. A lot of guys, a lot of lungs came back, man, to the game. And, um, and just hearing them how they said that last kick, man, just took the breath out of the stadium, man. It was just like, well, they shouldn't even been in that situation in the first place. Yeah. And it's a lot of penalties. I mean, late game sacks, uh, Talia holding onto the ball too long, guys not getting where they need to be at, man. Defense not tackling. And um, that led it to the I guess it rolled over to the Northwestern week, man. They 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 seemed to not be able to contain the quarterback like uh yesterday. Oh, Saturday. They weren't able to contain the quarterback. He was having a field day, being able to run all over the place. I mean, he was their leading rusher. I mean, yeah. the quarterback was the leading rusher, bro. Like, quarterback was a lead rusher, man. And uh, as well, getting it through the air, man. I was just like, this dude is wrecking the game by himself. And, man, mind you, he's a young guy. Mm-hmm. So this has now been two weeks in a row, man. Well, not two weeks in a row, but two games in a row that two young quarterbacks has gave Maryland problems. Mm-hmm. I mean – what do you think some of the things that Maryland need to build off, man, to to, to try to help swing these things back? Because Locks always say getting back to basics. Yeah. How, how do they do that? Yeah, it's really get back to the basics. So it's day one camp install. What has been working well? What what did we do well in the first five weeks? And, you know, a lot of this, and if you look at the game yesterday, I think they gave up six sacks yesterday. And I think all in total was eight for the whole season or something like that. Something crazy weird because I saw the game late last night after our game that we played. And, you know, the fact that it was that, drop passes, defense, like you said, missing tackles, miscommunication, those are all basic stuff. Like, you, day one pass pro install, you know, it's 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 yeah. the same. You know, you just got to continue to rep it out. And those fundamental things that you lose sight of and take for granted, those are the things that come back and haunt you. It's always the little yeah. things that turn into big things. And 
they have to understand that that is the, the, the main problem is you getting back to understanding how to focus and lock in and having the discipline to win those games and get back on track. There's no scheme that you need to change. There's no new intricate anything. It's just your mentality to get it done. And and when you say mentality, man, first thing you think about when I think about mentality, just being on that goal line on that fourth down and not converting. Yeah. How do you not get a, a, a goal line, man, when you have a better offensive line than a D-line? And, yeah. I mean, yes, don't get me wrong, man. It's a Big Ten. There's a lot of good players, man. It's a Big Ten West. They have some good pass rushes. Don't get me wrong. But y'all are definitely a better guys, man. You know where the ball is going. You know everybody in the state know you run the ball. It yeah. is no way you cannot push the power, man. You see the Eagles do it every day with that same play. The whole world know they don't that push the power play to the point they're talking about making it illegal for the Eagles to do that. That they didn't convert that, man, and it forced them into trying to do a, a play-action pass that gets batted down the way. Man, everything is so condensed in that area, man. Like, you got to be able to, I don't know, boulder up, man, and be able to run those type of plays, man. I think that was the most frustrating play for me watching that game is not being able to convert on that, man. Yes, giving them a long field, but they still drove the whole field to get three points out of that. Yeah, it, it's that, – that was – anytime as a defense you give up a long drive like that, it, it's very deflating, and – and I just kind of, I look at it as not just this game. I think so much was built into the Ohio State game. Like just coming in two undefeated teams, I really think that Maryland thought, you know, this is our season. This game is the game that's going to be telling of our entire season. And right. you can just tell from the, the conference the, the conference calls to the interviews, that was the buildup. Like this was the test. This was the marker. And no, ultimately it came down to us beating ourselves. You know, we had that pick six uh, the first half, and then mm-hmm. that just something go our way after, you know, in the second half. And that's ultimately what, what ended up killing us. And, you know, I think that that hangover going into the Illinois game, thinking, okay, well, it's Illinois, we'll be able to bounce back. And, you know, that game against Ohio State, we know we could have won it, but we didn't. So let's just go ahead. This team is not as good as Ohio State. And then they sleep on them. And those teams that you let linger, they end up getting confidence and ultimately they shock you. Right. So you have that lingering for two weeks because you have the bye week. Right. You come back and now all of a sudden it's like, well, we're a little rusty. Let's try and wake it up. But you're not really woken yet. And then all of a sudden it becomes it becomes a, a boxing bat match. And you're, you're getting jabbed and you're like, hold up. Like, we didn't expect this. And now you're in a dogfight and you don't even realize it. Like, so it's one of those where you can't play down to the level of your competition. 100%. You know, every, every single week you should be thinking you're playing in Ohio State. That's how right. you need to and, and, and I didn't think about that till you said that, man. I th- as you look at Maryland play, man, I think Maryland, that was probably the best start I've ever seen Maryland start this whole year. They've been starting really slow the whole year against Charlotte. Against all these teams, they should just start off fast and get points on the board. Yeah. But they didn't. And when it came to Ohio State, they came out early. Pray the big one-hand catch across the middle, man, for a touchdown. I'm like, you're seeing guys doing things they wasn't doing all year now. Prater has always been a questionable guy. Yes, Prater made some got some mistakes that game, man, the drop pass on third down. But Prater came up and started playing really well that game early on to give him a chance, man. And uh, you could tell Mer- uh, Maryland looked at it as like a Super Bowl. And yeah. it's like, man, that kind of changed the whole dynamic of the season so far. I'm like, y'all play the same way like this Ohio State. Man, bro, Illinois don't have a chance, bro, because y'all flying around the place. Y'all one-hand catching stuff. Yeah, I mean, y'all just all over the place offensively, defensively, and special teams where they need to really get better at mm-hmm. special teams. And um, it, it's just crazy, bro, to think about that, man. And then to think about they haven't been taking care of the ball at all. They've been fumbling, and a lot of, like, Prater, man, is kind of a guy that we 
is kind of going to fumble. Like, he's been doing this consistently now. He's been putting the ball on the ground, and um, they came away with one interception yesterday and one uh, fumble yesterday that they lost, you know what I'm saying? So that type of stuff right there, man, kills drives, man, kills momentum. Of course, the penalties Maryland was getting, man, those unsportsmanlike con uh, conducts on Gote and uh, Barham and those guys, man. All those things kills drives and takes the life out of defenses when y'all been working so hard to get them in these type of positions, man. And um, giving those guys all those free yards, man, and the quarterback was just taking advantage of that. Yeah, and that hurts you when it's critical situations where you need to get off the field and you don't, and critical situations when you need to keep drives going and you don't. It just – you can't let those things happen. Like you said, turnovers – the turnover margin is so finite with uh, across the board in football. If you have two turnovers in a game, if you're not getting turnovers on defense, the percentage you win in that game is zero, basically, yes. because you're giving your opponent two more drives to score. And especially like them, they, they just had momentum just from the beginning. And when you're not able to slow that down and you're turning the ball over, well, shoot. They're just going to come back out and keep going because they're like, well, shoot, that's another drive that we didn't think we were going to have. Now we got it. Let's go back out there and just step on the gas. And that's what you saw. And, and it was just unfortunate that it took that type of adversity for Maryland to, to try and wake up. But, you know, ultimately at the end, it's just like it's too late because you're trying to find some type of motivation to to try and get ahead. And then you start yep. pressing too much. You start thinking, well, now we're down 10. Let me. There's no play in any playbook that's going to give you – one play is not going to give you 10 points. Like, you've right. got to consistently move the ball down the field one play at a time, get a field goal, get a touchdown, try and stop them on defense, and then go back out there again and field goal, touchdown. And that's how the mentality needs to be. And I just don't think it's – it's just there. And there's – and if you look at it, there's just situations that Maryland just hasn't been accustomed to. And I go back when they were starting 5-0, and if you look at it, the Virginia game and the Charlotte game is probably the most consistent ones. Charlotte was a dogfight in the beginning, then they pulled away. Which and shouldn't it, have been. It shouldn't at all. Yeah. And then the Virginia game, it was just like 14, 14 and a half, and Virginia's throwing anything any and everything they can at you. And then all of a sudden you wake up the second half and you end up putting up 40 points. That is something that you have to look at and say, well, what is it that we did at that time that helped us be successful and be able to put points up on the board? And look at these last three losses and think about what is it that we didn't do well in the second half? Because that's really what kills Maryland. It's the second half. Yes. You need to be able to complete that and put it together. But just go and look at those wins that you had when you were 5-0 and and just think about what you did in the second half to help you be successful. It's crazy, Brad, because it's there, man. Like you said, it's yeah. there, man. It's like we saw them when they drove the whole field, man, after doing, after turning the ball over on that fourth down, man, on the goal line. They drove it all the way down, got up to a field goal, left a minute on the clock or something like that, a minute or some change on the clock. And uh, just to watch Talia, man, move the pocket, man, make it plays, man, throwing big balls to Dices, man, him get a big play, big bomb to – uh. Um, was it, I think it was a Dices again or Jay Sean Jones, one of them. And just moving the ball like that, like it was like two or three plays, they was all the way back in the red zone again. And then it leads to – a field goal. And I'm like, bro, y'all cannot continue to come down here, bro, in a red zone and not convert, man. Those got to turn the points, man, because they going to get touchdowns and we going to get field goals. Like, that's not going to add up when it, when it's all over with. So yeah. it's like things like that was killing me, man. And then, then eventually, man, the pocket started to break down. And then it was like, oh, my God. And the second half went on, man, and the, the, the old line started to break down a little bit, man. Whether they was getting tired or they was losing confidence, it was just something. They not – Maryland – 
just watching that game gave me just flashbacks of when we played where it was like, oh, man, Maryland start off good, and they just don't know how to finish. Yeah. And it's just like they had to find a way to finish, man. I think that's the biggest thing, to start strong and just finish it because these guys are not that much better than you guys, man. Like, they wasn't 10 points better than you guys, man. I mean, I wouldn't even say they, they should have even up the whole game, man. They had great players. Don't get me wrong. They had great players, man. Quarterback was a phenomenal quarterback, man. He, I don't know who this guy was. I heard he lost his spot during training camp, and he came back on fire. You know what I mean? And uh, and won his spot back, man. He's been killing it so far. I mean, uh, he's bringing those guys. I mean, I think those guys were, what, three and four at first, 94 and four. So that they, they now it's shaking up on the west side of the Big Ten Conference now for guys that can make it to bowl games now. So, uh, man, he, he was a guy that was definitely doing it. Who was, who was a guy that on, on, on for Mariner squad now that you like, that you like, look at his game like, mm, he remind me of myself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I I like he man. I like he. Yep. I like Bo, 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 and uh, I like Dante. Trader. I, I like like they're all a mixture of me at some point in time. Yeah. Together, like he he was a guy I talked to. I like him, man. I'm a big fan of him since I met him last year, and I I could tell Coach Baker just telling me he's like, yeah, he's the most he, he's he's the most athletic guy in in the room and you could see it during camp and he started start talking about uh dante and i'm thinking to myself you know this, this is a big dude how dante is huge man he's, big and he's athletic and you just look at and, and even uh bo it's the same thing like they're all just athletes out there playing football and i i think myself like that because i was a receiver when i came to maryland and right. it's over and i really was just out there just out being an athlete same thing just hey, <laughs> yeah what do you need me to do? I, I got you. I can do this. And you just see them the same way, their athletic ability. And I, I just think all three of those guys, uh, they they remind me of myself just being out there, being an athlete. But more importantly, they want to learn the game. Like their anticipation, their instincts, it's there. Because they, the plays they make in practice that I've seen, I'm just like, man, that's, that's impressive. And then you see them make it in the yeah. game. Yeah. They're, they're, they're like that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if all three of those guys are playing on Sunday. Yeah, for sure, man. I think I think they do, man. But only thing about for Trader, man, he has a he has a little dilemma right now dealing with lacrosse. Like he really loves lacrosse, man. And uh, I had him on here actually, man. And he just talked about his love for lacrosse, man. He really loved lacrosse, and he loved football as, uh, as much as he loves lacrosse because he started playing. He said at the same time, I was like, "Ain't no way. You had to pick one, bro. It's no way you just came into the game playing the same exact amount of snaps on both sports at the same time." Like he's like, "Nah, for real, I did, man." I, Played this, and my dad said I had to pick another sport. Tried baseball was the boringest stuff I ever had in my life. Now I went to to to, to uh, lacrosse and started playing football. Go right to lacrosse, football back to lacrosse. Like it was crazy. I was like, wow. And I was, I just, I pick football right now. Yeah. Lacrosse ain't, ain't paying too well. And <laughs> that, that, that's what I was thinking in my mind. I was just like, man, bro, like you beating your body up crazy, man. Because he went through the process about man, like. When the season's over, man, he gets about three days off, and now he's ready to training camp for lacrosse. And I'm like, bro, your legs is gone. Like, if you really playing hard as you can this season, you should have nothing left in the tank, bro. Like, the yeah. fact that you got this much left in the tank to go play a whole nother season and go right back into, I mean, a summer workout once this is over, I'm like, bro, <laughs> you're a different type of cat, man. I don't know how how you doing this, bro. Like, no I couldn't see off. it. You got no time off because I remember in the spring, he had a lacrosse game and then had to go to practice for a couple of days. Then had a lacrosse game again. Then you have a spring, like spring practice. It's just, hey, I commend him for it. Guys that can do that, 
hey, more power to him. Darius was like that. Darius ran track. It was brief. It wasn't like full time, but ran track, did football at the same time. Mind you, wasn't beating on the body, but yeah, I commend him for doing that because I think lacrosse is just as physical as football. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. It, it takes a, a lot of uh, mental strength, man, to do that, man. Yeah, man, I couldn't, I'm i like, bro, how do you even catch that little ball? That's like flying 100 miles an hour, bro, across the field. Like, you look at it, bro, it's a sunny day. How you seeing the ball, bro? Like, it's crazy. It is crazy. Man, uh, next week, man, I know Murder took a tough loss this week. Next week, they're, on the, um, they're actually at home, man, play against the Nittany Lions, man, a, a team that I just can't stand, bro, like – what do you think Maryland needs to do, man, to assure victory next week? Just have to challenge themselves to play mentally tough. I, I think that's the biggest biggest challenge for them. Last year, I think it was a shutout, 30-0 to zero, uh, up there. And I know that didn't sit well with Coach Locks. Uh, obviously, Coach Franklin, everybody knows he was, he was my offensive coordinator when I was at Maryland. So the fact that he was supposed to be the coach after Freedon still doesn't sit well with him. And he's – he always has a vendetta, knowing him, just how he acts. And he wants to take it out on Maryland. He wants to show the people of Maryland that I should have been the coach. And, you know, he it, it's it's going to be a fight. Like, he's going to feel like, let me impose my will on this Maryland team to get them to quit. And the thing that they can't do is quit. Like, they just yeah. have to keep fighting. You know he's going to run the football. Like, they're, they're doing well right now. But the thing I do know about this is if, if you're just as tough and you match the mentality of, of this Penn State team, they're beatable. They shown there they can be. I mean, they well, they lost two weeks ago, I believe, right? And uh, it was a dogfight. It was one of those where it was just a battle of wills. If you can go all four quarters and do that and expose them, I, I think on offense they're they're decent. Their 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 defense is pretty pretty good. I like King on the outside. He's he, he's a good corner. He's a he's a first round pick. But other than that, I think their offense. There's some holes in that offense that I think the defense can exploit. It's just about yeah. match. Sure. Exposing those things and keeping the game manageable. If they score, we got to score. Like that, that's honestly what it comes down to. Let's not let this turn into a shootout like it did. I think it was three years ago where it turned into a shootout at, in, at Maryland at home. And then last year just became, you know, just a slugfest. And, and they ended up just running the ball, I think, 12 times in a row. And we couldn't stop the run. So yeah. the main thing is stopping the run. Understand. You, know, you know, Penn State love to run the ball, man. And I was going to say that, man. As much as them, when I played against them, they had Saquon Barkley and those guys, and Miles Sanders came right behind them. It was just like they seemed to generate all the best running backs. And, I mean, they, they all go to play on Sunday. And they talked about coming into this year, man, the running backs they have in the group, man. They have a a, a, a duo set of two running backs, man, that's been great all year. And um, so, man, you know they love to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. That's what they're going to continue to lean on. And uh, and they always been great at passing the ball. So And they love tight ends, man. So some kind of way the defense is going to play really – Gap sound, man, and stay in their gaps, man, not let quarterbacks break free. Because right now, if I'm watching film, well, they don't contain the quarterback right, man. But I don't know. I don't care how fast some of them is quarterback, I can get to the edge. You know what I mean? Uh, don't get me wrong. Da- uh, uh, Dwayne Brown, man, uh, De- was Darnell Brown, man, that guy right there has been, it's been great, man, blazing the edge, getting sacks. But it's going to really have to get to the quarterback, put pressure on them guys, man, to to make some mistakes, man, because they playing really well. I mean, they started out slow last um, but, uh, Saturday against um, the Hoosiers, man, and the Hoosiers got on them early, man, got on them early and gave it away, gave it back away, man. It made me sick, man, to watch it. Like, how do these guys just keep giving these wins away to teams like this, man? I hate to see it. And I, and I really wanted IU to win that game, man, just because it just don't want to see Penn State win. I just hate to – I mean, I just hate to see them win. I mean, like, 
man, yeah. believe me, I, being a Maryland fan, just just understanding the, just the the back history of just the coaches and all this stuff. Like I'm the same way. I want Coach Locks to win. I want this to be. I want them to turn the ship. I want it to be this game to where they really show people in the Big Ten, they show people in the nation that we can play with the big boys. Like that's just the bottom line. And you know, if you you stop the run, then it stops all play action stuff because that's what really opens this team up. Is if we can run the ball and get four or five yards a game, then what you start doing is you put extra guys in the box. Well, if you put extra yep. guys in the box, that means guys are singled up on the outside and they're singled up on the outside. Play action, you got more room, you got more space. Also, the receiver got to go make a play. Somebody got to make a play. Got to beat this one man on one man, man. Got to beat this guy. It's 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 imperative, and and I already know those guys in that room, the DB room. They they challenge themselves, so I know they'll they'll take it upon themselves to to want to make plays because they have before. And, you know, that's the biggest thing. Just let those guys up front because they were doing it. They, they've done it. They've got some good guys up front. It's just in the back end. The back end, they just got to, when that ball's in the air, just come down with it. Give, give the offense another position. Let Tulia do what he does. I mean, he is, shoot, he's one of the best quarterbacks in Maryland history, man. Let him like, he's the best one I ever saw, man. I, I yeah. ain't get to play with the guy, but, I mean, He's the best quarterback I had. I had like CJ Brown and those guys, and yeah. I didn't realize how good CJ Brown and um Perry Hills was until they left. But yeah. hey, they, I mean they, they was good quarterbacks, but man, Talia is, is a little different, man. He's a little special, man. And uh yeah. and one thing Locke said on the broadcast, man, is that uh Talia sometimes has to calm down and not try to make the biggest play, man. Always trying to make everything, man. Just just yeah. take some time what the defense gives you, man, and just move the ball. Like and sometimes he get caught up when you see him running around, running around. He's trying to make that explosive play. And yeah. it's like, well, you're not going to get that every single play. Like, you ain't going to be able to make up 10 points in one play. So exactly. just move it move it down the field, man. Just move the ball down the field. And that big play, I promise, will be there. Deitches will be somewhere open, waving his hand like he was. And I mean, so that's crazy, man. But, yeah, man, I'm excited, man, that you, that you, that you came on and talked about that. But before we get off this, man, we got to talk about Coach Carroll in the building, man. You got to talk about that, man. And, uh. You over at Jacksonville Community Christian College, man. Talk about that, man, the transition from football into coaching. What got you into that? Yeah, it's interesting because I never wanted to be a coach, like, at all. And when I retired from the NFL, I got two offers to to be a coach. And I turned them both down because I seen the long hours that coaches have put in. I don't think I was just ready to do that. And 2020, towards the end of 2020, my brother came up with an idea to – he just said it. Let's create our own college. And I'm like, how do you do that? Like, how how do you even start that process? And he he basically he went through the process, took us about two years, and we finally got accredited by the state of Florida. And now we're an official college in the state of Florida, Jacksonville. We say Jacksonville Athletic Academy, and now it's Jacksonville Athletic Christian College is, is what we call it, J-A-C-C. And the reason why we did it was to give kids an opportunity that are not getting looked at, that probably have bad GPAs or, or just need another year to develop. And at first, when we started this, I, I want to just be hands-on from the business side of it, like the logistical standpoint. And, and obviously things, just not people nowadays, they're not really adequate enough to do what you want to do. Like you see it how you want it to be and just me being at a high level and, you know, playing in the NFL, there's a certain way you want things to be done. Right. And most people can't handle that pressure of it. So I ended up taking over and being the coach in my third year now. And it's been fun because I'm able to emulate what I saw at Miami, what I what I saw in, in Philly, what I saw in Dallas, and just the coaches that I got coached by. I mean, 
Todd Bowles, he was my first coach when I got into the league, and he's the head coach for uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Nolan was my defensive coordinator. Lou Anarumo was my other DB coach after Todd Bowles left, and he's a defense coordinator in Cincinnati. I played with D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans is the head coach oh, now. Texas, uh, right. And so, you know, just being around guys like that that are now head coaches and seeing their foundation of what they were able to teach me and me being around them, that's the same thing I'm bringing to JA and putting these kids in the mentality of being a professional athlete because football is a business. Let's not get into right. it. 100%. Uh, it's not just about the love of the game anymore because people are in it to make money. And if you're going to be in it to make money and provide value for yourself, at least let me show you how to do it the right way because I had to figure it out my own way. And it wasn't, and nobody gave it to me. Like I had to figure this out on my own. And, and I feel like I have a good roadmap to help these kids understand even if football doesn't work out for you, there's things off the field that you can do to help yourself, whether that's get your AA, get your bachelor's degree help you with these internships to get you get some type of money off the field. Cause now everybody's in this NIL space trying to get deals. It's like, look, I can show you how to make some type of money. So you don't have to worry about going to this school because you might get an NIL deal here or there. It's more about, let me help you put the right product on the field. Cause the eye in the sky doesn't lie. Your film is your resume. I don't care how well you speak. I don't care how much you go on Twitter and tell everybody you're a great football player. If that film does not tell the truth, Nobody's going to take a chance on you. So if you're showing that you're focused, you're showing that you're disciplined, you're showing that you're playing fast, you're playing physical, and you are you have leadership qualities, a coach is more adept to take you over a guy that is not coachable, a guy that just thinks he's an athlete and is God's gift to earth. They don't want those headaches. They want guys that if they bring them into their program right now, can they come in and compete? Can they come in and be an impact player on and off the field? And that's what we're trying to do here at JA is get those kids – ready to take that next step to go to the next level and and just have them to just understand to be confident in themselves. You know, that's that's the biggest thing I want everybody that comes from this program to understand. So yeah, I built that. I think that's a phenomenal bro. I love that man. Hey, you need an offensive line coach? Hey, I'm here. I'm down the road, baby. Hey, hit me up. <laughs> hit me up. Yeah, yeah man. I'm I'm gonna tap in with you. We're gonna talk after this, man. But um Ben's though y'all started a college, something that I, when you said that blew my mind, I was like, started a college? Whoa, how you do that? You started a college, like, so who do y'all play against? Like, do y'all choose who y'all play against? Like, how do y'all, how do y'all schedule formulate? Yeah, so when we started this, the first year we we played just more post-grads because we got kids that were fresh out of high school. So we had to play guys on their level, post-grad teams. But now this year we've, we actually just played uh, Central Georgia Tech, which is another college that's in Georgia. Played Gordon State, which is another college in Georgia. McDougal Technical Institute, which is another uh, college that's down in South Florida. We played Daytona Elite, which is another college in Daytona. So we're playing colleges. Like, don't, don't, I don't, I don't want people to get it twisted. We're actually competing out here and playing against okay. universities and schools that are four year schools that offer kids an opportunity to get their bachelor's degree. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's about competition. You know, we're not just out here to say, oh, we're winning this, we're winning that. We're trying to get, the right matchups we're trying to play against competition where kids are going somewhere as well too because one thing i feel my philosophy is this if a kid is if he has an opportunity meaning our opponent that we're playing if he's got offers from x y and z obviously that coach is going to want to continue to see how well he's progressing why not show up on that other guy's film or have him be on your highlight to be able to show that look i'm going against the top guys too and this is what i'm doing against you know, a guy that you offer that wants to come to your program. I'm just as good as this guy. So for us, 
it's about finding that competition. But really, we we just go out and ask, hey, look, do you want us? Do you, can we play you guys this year? You know, and if they say yes, they say yes. If they say no, hey, we just go on to the next one. But for the last three years, you know, we've played a healthy game, a healthy amount of games, uh, eight games a season. Uh, last year, I think we played 10 because we, we went on to the championship. Uh, so we played two more games this year. We have one more game this year. And, uh, you know, we're playing. We're competing. We're out here and we're getting guys signed. We're getting guys to have scholarships, get scholarships. Uh, we had a guy last year who was on our team. He was a small receiver, 5'7", every bit of 145. And right now he is fourth in all HBCUs in touchdowns. And he is now number five in the nation in receiving yards. And he wow. came from school. His name is Nate Rembert. And it's just guys like that that are out there that they just need another chance. You know, you yeah. give them a chance and you show them what they need to do. The light bulb clicks on when they come here. And then when they go somewhere else, they understand the assignment. They understand what a coach is trying to bring out of them. And then when they get on the field, man, it's just it's amazing to see because, you know, a guy like him to be able to produce and do what he's doing right now. It all started here at JAA and, and he's always talking about us. He's always hyping us up. But for us to be able to be that catalyst to give guys an opportunity like that and, and give them hope that, hey, I can still continue to play football like we were able to do. You know, we were more blessed because we were talented. We had it wasn't as hard as it was back in the day for us to, to really get recruited or get looked at. You know, nowadays, it's just so much going on. So, yeah, like I said, if I can be able to be that that middleman in between to help these kids and show them what they need to do to get to that next level and and really reach out to my connects to give them that opportunity. That's what this is about. And that's why, you know, I love doing it now. Like I said, I didn't want to coach, but now that I'm doing it, I'm having fun with it. Yeah, man, that, that's awesome, dog. That's awesome, man, to get guys an opportunity to, say, to, to extend their career, man, because sometimes, man, these guys might not think like, oh, my career is over with after high school. And, man, so that what y'all built, man, is something that I love that y'all did that, man, because there's so many guys I feel like just need another opportunity just to get a little bit more film or another opportunity just to be coached uh, and mentored by the right guys that understand how it needs to be, how it needs to be done. And um, you've been a, a former player in the league, a former player in college that played on a high level as well as like different organizations, Cowboys, Eagles, Dolphins, man. You know how it's done, man. And it's no better been mentor to have than someone that played on the highest level. You know what I mean? So, man, that, that that's a super exciting, man. That's that's dope, dog. I'm like, man, that's crazy. Got to come check it out, man. See what it look like over there, man. Got to gotcha. come check it out, man. And uh, definitely, yeah, we, man. We, we definitely have fun out here. That's the main thing is is making sure the coaches and players enjoy it, man. So, yeah, up, come on man? next year and just see what we got. We got some dogs on the old line next year. We made sure that was, man, that was the focal point. Man, I'm about to I'm about to text you my number, man, and then we about about to rap, man. They need an old line dog out there. I'm barking. Let's do it. <laughs> my boy got me fired up, man. But man, Nolan, man, I'm gonna wrap it up with you, man. I appreciate you, man, coming on, man. You shared a lot of insight, man. You shared a lot, man, about the Maryland program, the history, man, the chemistry, the camaraderie, man, amongst you guys, man, will help y'all. That 2016 beat nine and three, man, the ACC, man, to be able to do a lot of things, man, because all y'all success as a team is what led to a lot of you guys going to get drafted. EJ being one of the guys that's in the Hall of Fame of Maryland, man, his trophy all through the, the new building and all those things, man. All we get is a little name on the side. But EJ, <laughs> you the guy, I get it. It's okay. We get a little name, but it's all good. It's all good, man. Um, But, man, it was been fun, man, talking to you, man, learning more about you. Because, like I said, a young guy, man, I came up watching you guys, man, play, man, and, uh, when when they was wearing, when y'all was wearing the original script, man, before these guys brought it back, and uh, yeah, man, it was crazy, bro. Just seeing the whole team, man, and just 
looking at that raw CI, I was like, bro, I had a whole, I still have a poster, bro, rolled up with all y'all signs, which are all y'all signatures on it, bro. That's I never cool. got rid of it, man. Uh, one of my youth pastors told me that going, he's like, man, you don't go to Maryland. And I started getting highly recruited, man. About 50 yeah. offers go everywhere, man. And um, Locks was just in my ear every week. He was coming to D.C. every week. He was in my, come on, bro. You don't have to go there, man. Come on, stay home, man. Dig, Stefan did it, man. You can do it, man. You and Yannick, man. All y'all just stay home. And, uh, and I said that was the best decision I ever made, man, staying at College Park, being able to see my, my family, uh, that me being from D.C., let my family come to watch me play. And, and eventually getting drafted by the Steelers, man. And um, it was another great organization, being coached under Tomlin, bro. And some of the leaders I met, man, through Pouncey, Big Ben, and Joe Hayen. Uh, man, there were so many guys, TJ. I mean, uh, there were so many guys, man. And then, of course, the Jaguars, it was cool. We had Trevor Lawrence and those guys. Like, it's a little different from that organization I played at, but then Eric Henry with Titans and, shit and stuff like that for a couple of years. But, man, for the most part, man, it, it was great, man. I like I said, once again, I appreciate you coming on, bro. Man, I can't thank you enough, man. I know a lot of people will enjoy when they hear this insight about what you got going as a coach, man, to get help people, you know what I'm saying, further their playing career and as much of the insight you gave as a player. Yeah, definitely not. I appreciate coming on. You know it's all about turf, man. We got to support each other. It don't matter. You know, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, don't matter. Turp is a turp at the end of the day. Sure. Definitely, bro. Man, I appreciate you, man. I'm about to send you my number, man. Let's connect. Let's connect about that, man. O-line. Yeah. We do All that. Right. All right. I, I got you, bro. All right, bro. Be blessed today, bro. You too, brother. Man, thank y'all for tuning in to another episode, man. Once again, man, happy Monday to all you guys. It's like tuned in, man, listening to Nolan, man, and myself, man. It, it was a fun, dope conversation, man, learning about some of the things they did back in the day, man, and how they ran things, the camaraderie their team had, man. That team was loaded, man. Like I said, they had a lot of guys that played on the next level, man, such as Nolan and other guys. They played Hey Bay. I could name a lot of them, man. It was a great team, man. And most importantly, man, that's, that's where how it started for us, man. They paid the way for guys like myself and – Guys, that's just playing now, man, for the Turfs, man, the success they have it, man. So, once again, man, happy Monday. Man, let's dominate the week, man. Stay safe. Peace. Catch y'all next, next time on the next episode. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.